Come on, why don't we give God praise in this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him praise according to his greatness. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you. We give you glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I am uh, delighted to be here today, and Brother Davies said he isn't depressed, but I feel pretty depressed because I'm standing here. Uh, and I'm wondering why I uh, agreed to do this. Hallelujah. That's kind of the way it always works. But I am honored to be here. And uh, it's good to be with this local church and then all the churches that are represented. Ministry. I give honor to my father-in-law and mother-in-law. We love and appreciate them so much. They're such wonderful people. And I appreciate the influence and impact that he has had on my life and my ministry, and then to be with uh, Brother Matthew Davies, Sister Tiffany, and their family. It's also a great privilege today. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Thankful for the word we heard last night. Appreciate Brother Morton. Hallelujah. Looking forward to the rest of this meeting. I won't be depressed after today. No, I'm, I'm really joking. I don't feel depressed. I'm thankful that I get the opportunity to preach the word of the Lord. It's always a, a great privilege to stand in the pulpit and preach the word of God. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 8. Before I read, I just want to preface tonight, today that I am, I'm the youngest guy on the lineup. Believe it or not, I may not look it, but I am. Uh, this past camp meeting, um, we uh, there was a, a lady, visiting lady that came, uh, and she was talking to my sister, and she uh, thought my sister, who's six year, almost six years older than I am, was my daughter. <laughs> so, just because I'm bald doesn't mean I'm older. But I say all that to say, I want to, I hope I can reach some young people today and speak to you and, um, and maybe even some young married couples today. I feel like the Lord has placed something on my heart and I want to deliver the word of God to you. Verse number eight of Proverbs one, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head. And chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. I'm going to read that again to you. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Could we pray and ask that the anointing would be on the word of God today? Lord Jesus, we need you. Oh God, I need your help. God. I'm just a feeble vessel, Lord. I need you to anoint me. Put your word in me, God, today. Lord, speak through me, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, anoint every one of us to receive your word today, God. Let our hearts be open to your word, Lord. Let us respond to your word today. 
In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll give my title in a few moments. You may be seated. In the 1920s, a well-known wealthy industrialist controlled a vast portion of our country's prosperity. And with his wealth, he purchased a zoo. It wasn't a public zoo. It wasn't even a private zoo. It was his personal zoo. It was located on his estate for the pleasure of this one man and his family. National dignitaries would occasionally be allowed to view Uh, the species and the animals and in the days before zoo breeding programs traded animals this wealthy industrialist zoo was one of the most complete uh, collections the zoological world had ever known and during this time zookeepers traveled to various countries they mounted safaris and captured animals to bring them back. One day he heard about a rare and beautiful type of gazelle from Africa that wasn't showcased in any zoo anywhere in the world. And he became obsessed with the idea of becoming the first to have one of these animals in his collection. And so he mounted an expedition to Africa including food, supplies, and men to carry the tents. When they landed on the African shore, the man contacted the natives to learn about this animal and its whereabouts. Over and over he was told, you will never catch one. They're too fast and too strong. The natives would say, you can shoot one, You can kill them from a distance, but you'll never get close enough to take one alive back to your zoo. He told a reporter that was traveling with his safari, he said to him, Don't listen to them. I'll get as many as I want, and it won't be a problem at all. And when his men located uh, a herd of this very rare gazelle, He poured sweet feed, a blend of oats and barley rolled in molasses on the ground in an open area in the middle of the night and left. The next night, he scattered the feed again. For two weeks, this industrialist from America would spread feed on the ground night after night and leave. The animals, of course, came in. And they began to eat of this sweet feed. And on the first night of the third week, he scattered the feed on the ground and he sank an eight-foot post into the ground 20 feet away. The next night, he scattered the feed on the ground and he sank another post into the ground 20 feet in the opposite direction. Every night... He would add a post. Then he started putting boards between the posts while scattering the feed. Six weeks rolled around. 
And he continued to add posts and boards until he had a corral built around his feed. Every night these animals found the gaps between the posts until finally he watched the entire herd squeeze through the final gap. He moved in behind them and his men nailed that last board into place and the animals were trapped inside the corral. He chose the animals that he wanted to take back to his zoo and he let the others go. And when he was asked how he knew how he could catch them, he said something that chills my very bones today. He said, I treat, this, I treat animals the same way I treat people. I give them what they want. I give them food and shelter. In exchange, they give me their beauty and their freedom. He said, I give them what they want. And in exchange, they give me their beauty and their freedom. And so I want to preach to some young people, some young couples here today. I want to preach to you. I want to preach from this thought. Don't let the devil fence you in. Don't let the devil fence you in. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you today, the devil is after every one of us. It is his will to fence you in. It is His will to take your freedom and your beauty from you. But I'm here to preach today and proclaim to somebody, we are not going to let the devil fence us in. We're going to stay free in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Balak, the king of the Midianites. He hired a prophet by the name of Balaam. He wanted this prophet to prophesy against Israel. But we know the story that God would not allow Balaam to prophesy. In fact, he uh, took him on a wild journey on a, on a uh, donkey and the donkey even began to speak to him. And still, uh, Balaam just could not really get the message. And he continued to try to prophesy against Israel. But every time he would open his mouth, uh, a blessing would come out of his mouth. But we do know that he did share with Balak, the king of the Midianites. He, he did share with him a way to entice Israel. And in fact, Numbers 31 and 16 looks back at that and they say, and it says they were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the Peor incident so that a plague struck the Lord's people. What did Balaam tell Balak to do. He said, you take the Midianite women and you, you show those Israelite men how pretty they are and you let them see and you entice them with what you have and, and how you do church and how you look and the kind of freedom you have in church and, and the, kind of, the kind of things that go on in the, uh, in the Balak church, in the Midianite church and eventually through sensuality and through uh, 
immorality, you will be able to entice them. And you know what happened? That's exactly what happened. Balak was able to entice Israel because of the immorality and the lust of their flesh and the lust of their eyes. And, and they, were, they fell to the Midianites. I want to preach to somebody today and tell you, don't let the devil fence you in. Don't allow the enemy to come against you. You need to be aware of his devices. He is trying everything in his power. to. He's trying to entice you. He's trying to get you young men he's trying to do everything he'll put them on social media he'll put them online he'll take them to the mall and he'll show you how beautiful they are but I want to tell you today it's a trap you better realize it's a trap it's a trap it's a trap it's a trap Hallelujah. I don't want to be a preacher of doom, but I just want to tell you, we are living living today in a sexually charged environment. Our world is filled with it. Everybody understands it. The media understands it. The advertising agencies understand it. That if you can show some flesh, and if you can entice men, you can entice women with their eyes and with their lust, you can get them. And I pray today that God would help us, that this church and the churches that are represented in this house would not allow the devil to fence us in. Let's look at the Pergamos church. Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Another translation puts it like this, to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. God help us today that we don't allow the devil young men to fence you in. Oh hallelujah. It may look enticing. It may look fun. It may look cool. But when it's all said and done and the posts are down and the boards are up, all he wants is your freedom. All he wants is your beauty, young ladies. That's all he desires. I can't think of a more uh, poignant illustration of this message than that of Samson's life. Judges chapter 16, then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went in unto her. It was told the, the Gazites saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night and saying in the morning when it is day we shall kill him. 
And Samson lay uh, till midnight and rose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill is, uh, before Hebron. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth and by what means we may prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him and we will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver here is this young man, Samson, separated, a Nazarite. He was special to God. He had, he had caused all kind of trouble for the Philistines. He tied foxes' tails together, set them on fire, took them all through uh, their fields. He had, he had taken a, uh, the jawbone of a donkey and had slayed the men. He had done all kinds of things against the Philistines in the name of God. And they were hot on his trail. But he had one weakness. He liked to go down to Gaza. He liked to go down where the women were. And he would go there. And he would, he would subjugate himself to the vials of the flesh. And there in Gaza a scheme was uh, uh, constructed. And it was there in Gaza that those Philistines said, You know what? We're going to find a beautiful woman. And we're going to go to her. And we're going to say, Hey, we'll give you money if you'll entice Samson. And if you'll find out who he is and why he has such great strength and how he has such great strength. And of course, it sounded good to Delilah. And so she agreed and said, I'll be a part of the scheme. I'll help. I'll help create this. And I'll help get a hold of Samson. And so we know the story. Samson goes down to uh, the, the city where Delilah is in the valley of Sorek. And he finds this woman whom he, he thinks he loves. And he begins to, to uh, have relations with this woman. And there she begins to talk to him. And she begins to woo him and begins to entice him. I just, I just use my mind. I just think, you know, probably when she knew Samson was coming to town that she put on her best clothes, the most provocative clothes she had, the most revealing clothes she had. She put on all the flashy jewelry and, and no doubt she even maybe painted her face up and, and put some perfume on to entice him and to woo him and to get him oh God young men I want to preach to you today I want to tell you the world doesn't have a spouse for you don't settle for somebody out in the world don't let the devil entice you you know the Morton said he's not preaching where he's living right then 
about depression, but maybe this message is birthed out of where I am living because I see young people and I see young married couples that they are allowing the devil to entice them. They're allowing the devil to entice them and to draw them away from the good presence of the Lord. And so Delilah began, she began sinking posts, adding boards. She said, hey Samson, where does your strength lie? Where does your strength lie? And he was so infatuated, enamored with Delilah, this heathen woman, this idol God-worshipping woman, that he began to listen to her words. And he began to try to somehow appease her words with his conscience. And he, he said, well, if you'll tie me with seven new bowstrings that have never been aged, he said, I'll be like every other man. And I'll just, I'll be weak and, and, and my strength will be gone. And so she gets him to sleep. She woos him to sleep. And finally she brings out the bowstrings. The Bible says they tied them fast. They tied them tight on him. And she woke him up and said, Hey, Samson, the Philistines are on you. They're here. And the Bible says he broke the bands and he arose and he went off and he uh, went back back to his home and finally she comes back around again back to Delilah and she is hurt she is disappointed I'm telling you the devil knows how to play a pity party on people I said the devil knows how to play a pity party on people he knows how to use our emotions hallelujah hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, from my experience, and I haven't been uh, pastoring, preaching very long, but I can just tell you, from my experience, most of the time, fornication, adultery takes place because a man or a woman starts feeling sorry for themselves. And the other person begins to say, well, you don't deserve that. You don't, that's not fair to you. Hey, you shouldn't have to go through that. And so Delilah, she's hurt. You've hurt me, Samson. You told me that the bows would fix it and, and that the, your strength would be gone. But I, I, you told me a lie. And so he begins to, to try again to appease her with his words. But yet at the same time, he had to, a conscience to deal with. And he gets a little closer to the truth. He says, use new ropes and tie me up. And so they used new ropes. They tied, her, tied him up. And he uh, was told, the Philistines are on you. And of course we know he broke the ropes like they were nothing. And finally he continues on. He keeps going back. You'd think the guy would get smart enough after a while. You would think he would realize what she was doing, what she was trying to do. But I want to tell you, our, our lustful flesh, and when we allow lust to build up inside of us, it'll make us do things we know are stupid. It'll make us do things we know are not right. And she goes, he gets back down there. She begins to talk to him again. And finally, he says, well, if you'll braid my hair in seven uh, braids and 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 if you'll do this, then I'll be like every other man. And the Bible says that she did it when she got him to sleep. And she said, the Philistines are on you. He jumped up. He broke the loom. He took it all, run off. And so finally he comes back again. 
Then he says, she says, uh, uh, Samson, where does your strength lie? Come on, you say you love me. You say you love, that's what the Bible says she said. You say, you say you love me. Why don't you tell me the truth? And she pressed him, the Bible says. She pressed him. She talked to him. She pressed him. She, what was she doing? She was adding boards. She was adding posts. She kept on working. She kept on working to fence him in. And finally, the Bible says that he poured his heart out to her. He told her everything. He explained that he was a Nazarite. He explained that he was separated unto God. He explained that the strength was in his hair and that it had never been cut and so she gets him back to sleep there on her lap and she has the men and they they shear those seven locks from his head and judges 16 and 20 she said the Philistines be upon thee Samson and he awoke out of his sleep and said I will go out as at other times before and shake myself and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house Oh, help us. I can just imagine a little, a little boy, a Philistine boy with his dad. And he's in Gaza. And he looks and he says, Hey, Daddy, who's that guy there? Who's that guy that shackled down like a beast of burden? And he's going around the stone grinding the mill. Who is that man? And the Philistine man said, Well, son, that's the man that used to bother us. That's the man that used to... He used Used to do harm to us but now we got him down he's in our zoo he's fenced in his eyes are gouged out and he's just he's just as good as an old animal to us I want to tell you today the Philistines they want to take your beauty they want to take your freedom their desire is to take every good thing from you young man you think it's a casual acquaintance you think it's just somebody pretty at the mall but I want to tell you what it really is it's really an attack of the enemy it's another post being sunk in the ground it's another board being added to the post he wants to fence you in fence you in Make you a spectacle. Oh, God. My heart hurts today. My spirit breaks when I think of godly people who have been enticed by the devil. Who have been enticed to leave the safe place of the church. Oh, it didn't seem harmless when it was one post or two or when there were a couple boards on the post. It didn't seem like a big deal when it was just in its infancy stage. But now they find themselves trapped in their own devices. Trapped by the enemy. Trapped in 
and their freedom gone. They're on drugs. They don't want to be on drugs. They don't want to do crystal meth. They don't really want to do heroin. They're not really wanting to do cocaine, but it's just something they do. It's something they do. They find themselves on the bar stool time and time and time again. They sit there on that bar stool. They don't really want to be on that bar stool down deep, but they don't understand is they're trapped. They're fenced in. And with ever fresh swig of beer or alcohol, they're just understanding a little closer, a little more that the devil has them pinched in. They don't know how to get out. I want to preach to you today. I want to tell you, don't let the devil fit you in. Hallelujah. I don't know about out here, but in Arkansas, marijuana has become a big deal. Yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, we are in the Pacific Northwest, land of the tree huggers. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, though, young men, I'm, I'm preaching to you today. Young ladies, I'm preaching to you. Oh, I, I want to tell you just a, a quick story about a young man in our church. A great young man, loved God. Man, I'm telling you, he overcame great obstacles to be in church. Left his father, who really had all the money, and came to Arkansas to live with his mother, come from a split home. His mother was in our church. He, he I mean, he just had it all together. He, he uh, was very intelligent. Uh, the summers, he lived in, in Georgia with his dad, never been in church in his life. And in the summers, he would go to uh, Duke University and do some type of program during the summer while he was still in high school. <clears throat> Very smart young man. Came uh, Christmas break and uh, came with his mother to see his mother Christmas break. He got the Holy Ghost at Christmas break. Got baptized. And he didn't want to go back. And so he broke all ties with his family. Uh, his dad. He, I mean, it was a big deal. His dad tried to get lawyers involved and the whole bit. And he wanted to take a stand. And I've watched him. He's been faithful. He's been good. The anointing of God's on his life. But I started seeing some, some things that bothered me. Just some slip-ups. And, and it seemed like just the enemy was starting to, to, to attack him. And, and his family life was a mess. And his mom unstable. And just different things. And, and finally it came to a day last, last spring that he was delivering pizzas on the side. And he went to a door and he rang the doorbell. And he opened the door. And the guy was there. They were smoking marijuana. And the guy said, hey, if, you'll, if, 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 if I give you some of this pot, would you give me a discount on my pizza? And for whatever reason, this young man said, okay. And he went in that house that day. And he, he was there with those guys. He smoked pot that day. And, and, and he gave them their pizza. I'm not, I don't want to, it doesn't end. The story ends good. But, but at this point in his life, it was just, 
It was a mess. It was a mess. The devil was trying his best to fence him in. And he said in that home that he was looking around thinking, what in the world am I doing? Why am I doing this? And it took several months of praying and, 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 and dealing with it and, and making hard choices and changing friends and, and changing different things about his life for him to get free. I am happy to tell you today that he's shouting the victory and he is not doing stupid stuff like that. But I want to tell you how it works. It works just that easy, young men. It's just one, one occasion and the devil, he will try his best to trap you. He'll try to get you. He'll try to take you under. Young people listen to me. Oh God, young married couples listen to me today. The devil wants to fence you in. He wants to take your beautiful family. He wants to take your beautiful worship to our one true God. It's his desire to destroy. It's his desire he's seeking whom he may devour I know I gotta hurry it's just just so sad to see the progression of fence building James lays it out in James chapter 1 I'm gonna read it here really quickly but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You see the progression of fence building? It starts off with the, he's lured and enticed by his own desires. And then those desires... When they're conceived, they birth sin. And when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. A post here and a post there. A board here and a board there. Genesis 4 and 7, if thou doest well, shalt thou not, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. What was God's admonition to Cain? He said, sin is crouching at the door. It desire, it's desire for you. And you've got to understand, Cain. It desires you, but you must rule over it. Jeremiah 5 and 26. For the wicked men are found among my people. They lure, they lurk like fowlers lying in wait. They set a trap. They catch men. Stand to your feet today. Maybe this isn't what you expected. And I'll be honest with you, I wrestled. I've wrestled all week with this, but I just feel it in my spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Saints of the Most High God, you better be careful. You better be watchful. You better be sober. You better be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he's seeking whom he may devour. 
It's his desire to lure you, to entice you, to draw you in. He wants to build a fence around you. He wants to build a fence around you. And in exchange, in exchange, in exchange for your beauty, exchange for your freedom, He'll give you the pleasures of sin. But what He doesn't tell you is they only last for a season. They only last for a season. Help us today. Help us today. It's a fearful thing, Aviar. It's a fearful thing for young married couples with the internet. It scares me when I see married women interacting with married men. Hallelujah. Oh, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. And I want to tell you, don't think you're above this. Because the Bible says you're not ignorant concerning his devices. We know how he works. But if we think we're above it, we're being ignorant. Hallelujah. Because in my flesh, Paul said, is no good thing. Hallelujah. May it be today that every one of these young men and young women would purpose in their heart. Every young married couple in this room today would say, we're not going to let the devil entice us. We're not going to let the devil sink post around our marriage. We're not going to let the enemy nail up bars around our marriage. We're going to be aware. We're going to be aware. We're going to do the right thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I started off reading Proverbs 1. I'm going to read it again before I close. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. You just have to say no. You got to say no. 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 No to your plan. No to your flashy lights. No to your music. No to your stars. No to your entertainment industry, Hollywood, movies, all the other junk that goes with it. No, no, no. Because I will not allow the devil to fence me in. Come on, let's lift our hands and talk to the Lord.